Wonderful. Um, this is our third week of our Vision Builders series. So I'm going to do a quick recap. If you haven't been, um, you know, that's okay. We've actually, I'll plug it again. We've got a, our newly improved website that's active where you can go on there and you could f- get to our previous sermons. So it's c3j.net.au. Um, so there's the previous sermon of our Vision Builders series is on there. Um, and you know when I've got the whiteboard out, things are, you know, we're in trouble because I'm not the best whiteboard guy, but I felt the whiteboard anointing today and we needed to bring it out and do some illustrations. Uh, I am the not the artistically gifted one in the house. That is Samantha, my wife. Um, but we will, we will press ahead. We will press ahead. Hey, just as a sort of a recap on your seat, you'll probably find um, these new fangdangle things that we got done up, our Vision Builders cards. Um, I thought my Canva ones probably weren't going to cut it, so we got them designed. Um, I actually just want to read to you the letter that I wrote to the church in here, and you can take it home and read it. Um, And just as a quick disclaimer, um, I've said at the start of every um, Vision Builders message that I've spoken is that um, we're having a family chat. Um, so if you're a visitor here, we just want to welcome you into our lounge room and, and to, to participate and to sit around and, 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 and don't feel obligated to, to do the things that we're talking about as a family. We're just chatting about our Vision Builders program that we're wanting to do. So that's the context of what this is. Um, but in that, in talking about the Vision Builders for what it is, and I'll give a a rundown of what it is. I believe that God's actually building into the visions for your life, that, that he's got a blueprint for your individual lives. So I don't want you to switch off and think Sheldon's just going to talk about money. I'm probably not going to talk about that at all, even though this is a money-related program. I'm really excited about the, the heart of what God's wanting to do in building vision in your life. And by building vision in your life, as we come together, God's building something here together as a community. We're building something, a vision that God has given us. So I just want to read to you this letter, and it's a good summary of what Vision Builders is. It says, Dear Church, it says, We are so excited to see what God is doing in the life of our church. In the midst of the uncertain times that our world is facing, we believe that our church is positioned to be a bright light in our community, a city on a hill kind of church, a place overflowing with faith, hope and love, We want to be the people overflowing with all the good things that God has in store for us. And we believe that you are here not by chance, but by divine orchestration. God's got you here for such a time as this. We would like to invite you to partner with us by becoming a vision builder in the life of this church. Vision Builders is an annual offering we take up that is over and above our regular giving. The money raised will go towards key areas of our church, including our building, youth ministry and kids programs. Uh, Dr. Zeus wrote a book called Oh, The Places You Will Go, which tells the story of a boy beginning to spread his wings in life. It is a journey filled with adventure, excitement and surprise. We can't help but feel a similar sense of adventure and excitement as we wonder about the places God will take us as a church. We hope and pray that you would join us and wonder what could be. Much love, Pastor Sheldon and Samantha. So that's that's my heart for Vision Builders, is that we want to come together and and, and talk about how we can partner and build what God is doing. And, and so we'll, at the end of the sermon, we can practically talk about what that looks like. In fact, I'll just talk about it now so we can just proceed with the sermon. So next week, we're going to have a uh, Commitment Sunday, which is um, where we'll come together and we'll bring um, our pledges. Or and, and as you'll see, let's just break it down. You have a commitment card here, which can actually tear off. So you can fill it out. 
And it, and it says, obviously, your details. Um, and it says, please register me as a partner as follows. And there are two, um, two areas. It's the building and it's the youth and kids area. So if you're wanting to support directly into, obviously, the building and the mortgage and stuff like that and the, um, the sign and some of the upgrades that we've got to do in the church, then I would encourage you to fill that part out. And if you're wanting to um, more support the programs with the youth and the kids, you would can tick a, a weekly, a fortnightly or monthly or a one-off option and then the amount. Um, and then what we can do is that the next Sunday we'll come up and we'll, we'll bring that offering to the Lord. So it says how to get involved. So key, pray. Pray and, and t- think about it. It's not, this is not a forced thing at all. This is something that you need to get alone with God and talk, talk to Him about. And then would you agree with your spouse, your husband or your wife, come together and just plan how you could do that. And in the end, it comes down to just hearing what God wants you to do and obey. And so it's all the infos there. If you're wanting any other information about what it is or how we do it, just come and talk to me. Um, but that's the how of Vision Builders. So that's out of the way. Um, God bless you as you consider that. Um, but I wanted to just keep talking today about... Um, about building a vision. And if today's sermon was about anything, it's about how, how is vision built? Um, okay, so wish me luck. So how is vision built is what we're, we're talking about. So God plus us equals, and I'm bad at math too, but <laughs> this isn't really math. Vision built, built. Okay, you don't all have to, you know, go crazy about my whiteboard skills at once. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this side of the equation. And we've been talking about how vision is given by God. So in order to build a vision, you need to receive a plan or a vision. And so God is the vision giver. That's an R. Trust me, it's an R. He is the one that has the blueprint for our lives. He's the one that we, we need to go to if we are lost in life, if we are looking for purpose, looking for uh, direction, the one that you get it from should be God. God is the vision giver. We have so many people in our world today looking for purpose, looking for vision for their life, something to build their life on, and they're building it off the wrong blueprint. Are you feeling what I'm saying today? Because they have, they have said, I am the vision giver. You understand? So they've got the roles reversed. So God is the vision giver. And He is the vision empowerer. If I get spelling wrong, just forgive me. Power, power. Is that an R there? Empower. Thank you. You get what I'm saying. He's the vision empowerer. So in order for vision to be built in our life, for for us to achieve things, we need a blueprint check. That's God giving it to us. But also we need the strength and the ability. And a lot of the times we're looking for the strength and the ability to achieve the things that God has for us, but we've got it on our side. We've taken the responsibility to make things happen onto our responsibility. And, and to have the ability to do something was not your responsibility. God says, I want to give you grace 
and power to do the things that I've called you to do. Amen. We're called to live lives empowered by the Holy Spirit. So God is the one that actually empowers the vision. He empowers, it makes it possible. So He gives us grace. When we, uh, when we muck up, and who's happy for grace? That we're in our life when we, we lose our way or we, we, we make a misstep. God's there not with condemnation, but with grace. I love the scripture that explains Jesus' ministry in the beginning of John. It says, Jesus came with grace and truth. Isn't that wonderful? Because if Jesus just came with grace, we would never have truth. We would just be saying everything's all right, but nothing really is all right. You know that nothing is all right. And if he just came with truth without grace, we'd be left feeling condemned. We'd be left feeling hopeless. But Jesus comes with both grace and truth. Sorry, on that side of the auditorium. I love you, but this is here. So can you, uh, can you feel me? Uh, I feel like we're far. But he wants to give you Grace and truth so that you're not feeling alone and condemned and, and, and beaten up because life wants to beat you up. Our, our consciences and, and, and stuff, if without God, without the grace of God, that, that, that stuff can to turn quickly toxic and it won't be helpful. But condemnation by the Spirit is actually helpful. He, he actually he, he convicts us there is the, the, because He's wanting to lead us into truth with grace. Are you with me today? So God is the vision giver and He is the vision empowerer. So then, then it comes to our side of the equation and a lot of the time we get stuck here and we go, all right, God's got it. Take a seat, relax. Oh yeah, God's vision giver, vision empowerer. That must equal vision being built in my life, things written on boards. But no, if we leave it there, we're missing a key part of how God wants to build vision into our life. Because guess what? You are a key part of God's plan for building vision in your life. And sometimes we can get a bit awkward about that because, oh no, God, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, we have this low view of ourselves, which I think is, is very valuable. The Bible says, be humble before the Lord. Be humble. But that doesn't mean you think of yourself as nothing and you have no value. That's a different thing. That's a false humility. That, that, that's erring on, 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 that's an unbiblical view of yourself. If you think you've got nothing to contribute and nothing to give God so that He could build with you, you are looking at yourself through the wrong lens. Because when God looks at you, He's looking at a builder. He's looking at somebody that can contribute. I'll walk over this side now just to, He's, he's looking at people that have something to give in the area of building vision in your life. You have valuable things to bring to the equation. God wants you to bring that which you can bring. Because if you don't bring your side of the equation to God, then the visions for your life and the purpose that God has called you is not going to be built. And so on our side, if God is the empowerer and the giver of faith, because that's what we talked about last week. We talked about sometimes it's hard to see the picture that God has for us. It's really hard to believe. That's where faith comes in. Because we have to have faith that God actually has a plan for us. So God is the faith giver. But on our side, we are the faith holder. We are the faith fighter. We are the faith stander honorer. I couldn't find a better term than those. <laughs> if God gives you faith... It's your job to hold on to that faith. 
Come on. Because he wants to make us people of faith and he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So he gives it to us so that we can hold it, walk in it and live in it as people of faith. So it's our job to hold on to it. And I, I, I get a sense that sometimes when you're holding heavy weights, your arms grow tired and weary. But, but let me tell you, there's strength coming in the weight that you might feel you're in circumstances that are too hard and, and are causing your faith to be stretched too much. But God's saying, I'm building your faith so that you can carry more and that you can go further and then I could do more with you. Come on, God's building our faith. So we are the faith holders. And we are the action takers. Action takers. And I'm going to be done with this whiteboard in a second. And we are the God obeyers. And that's today what we're going to focus on. And if God's wanting to build the vision that He's called us to live in as a church and as a people then we need to be people that not only hold on to faith, that take action that God gives us, but we need to be people that obey what God asks us to do. And thank the Lord, my whiteboard is now finished. But I think it's good. I think that was fun. I had fun. So God wants us to be people who obey Him. And I want to read to you, again, the passage we've been in this whole series in Genesis 12. And we're going to read a few more verses um, than, than we've previously been reading. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, because we've been looking at the life of Abram and how God spoke vision to Abram. And He brought him to a place of revelation. And let's read it together. It says, Then the Lord told Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you, and I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and I will make you a blessing to others, and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. The vision. Now on our side of the equation in verses 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all his wealth wealth and his livestock and, and all the people who had joined his household at Haran and finally arrived at Canaan, in Canaan. Travelling through Canaan, they came to a place near Shechem and set up camp beside the oak at Morah. At the time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am going to give you this land to your offspring. And Abram built an altar there to commemorate the Lord's visit. After that, Abram traveled southward and set up camp in the hill country between Bethel on the west of Ai on the east. There he built an altar and worshiped the Lord. Then Abram traveled south by stages towards the Negev. A powerful scripture. Oh man, that's, I really enjoyed reading that, that whole portion. I want to propose to you today that the path to your vision that God is building in your life is the path of obedience. Obedience is the path that we walk on towards vision. If vision is somewhere out there in the future, the way you get there is by walking the path of obedience. And, and we're going to talk about what obedience is and how it, plays in our, how it plays out in our life. Before we do, I just want to pray, God, thank you that we can gather around your word 
And Lord, that You can direct us, that You can open up our eyes and our hearts to receive something from You. Would You help us to hear, Lord, what You're saying to us today in Jesus' Name. Awesome. So Abram is the perfect example of obedience, uh, of what God had called him to do. The actual word obedience in the Bible actually means to hear. It's a word that, that denotes hearing the Lord. So to obey, we have to be people that are hearing what God is saying to us. And Abram was a perfect example. He, there he is minding his own business in, at the start of chapter 12. And then the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord comes to him and brings Abram to a place where God speaks the vision, speaks a picture to him and says, this is the vision that I have for you. And so as we're talking about obedience, because in those first verses all the way to verses 4, it's talking about God's side of what He's doing as He wants to build your vision. He's saying, I will make you a great mighty nation, a father of many nations, and I will make you famous, and I will make you a blessing. That's what God has said to Abram to do. And, and, and God stands on the edge of your life and says things about your life and how He wants to build into your life and how He wants to build vision into your life. It might not be the same word as what was spoken to Abram, but God is speaking to you. But if we just leave it there and don't move into verse 4 where it says, Then Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him. You are going to miss the, the stuff that God has for you by not walking on the path of obedience. And I want to just give a few points to, to obedience here. So if obedience means hearing God and doing what God says, I want the first point I want to say is that obedience is a step-by-step journey. So when God spoke to Abram, He says, leave your country to a place that I will show you. And right there, a lot of us would have a problem with that. Uh, where are we going? How much food am I packing? Do I have the right attire for the journey? It's hard to know uh, because we don't know where we're going. All God gave Abram was a vision and a step. And that's what God is giving you. God God wants to give you a, a vision and a step. And it might just be one step. Because that's how I think God wants to operate in your life. So the key for us is to get comfortable with this this journey towards vision being a step-by-step journey of obedience to the Lord. So that if God asks us in in, in an area of our life to do something or to go somewhere, that we would start to get to know His voice in our life so that we could obey that thing. Are you with me? It's a step-by-step journey. So would you take a step out in faith as God leads you to, to places and to, in a direction? Would, would God, God direct you and would you begin to just step out? And, and the second point I want to talk about is that obedience is not biased. There is no picking and choosing when it comes to being obedient with God. Because if I was Abram, I would say, listen, God, listen, let's just bargain together. Let's just talk. God, this is crazy. I am so I could imagine Abram might have been a bit nervous to leave everything he'd ever known and to leave his family, to leave the comfort of home and to go. That would have been a a scary journey for Abram. And I could imagine sometimes when God calls us to be obedient to him, it's not 
bias on whether the obedience is a small act of obedience or a big act of obedience. The key is, are we obeying what God's asking us to do? It could be as simple as in the morning you feel to read a scripture and you go there or you ignore it. That's a small act of obedience. But what God is wanting to develop, because it's not, it's not always these life-changing decisions of obedience. The ones that we feel like the angels are singing and, oh, and, and, and we're making this great spiritual decision. And, and, and it's amazing. And sometimes it's in the closet or in the car or as you're getting ready for work and God just prompts you with something. And it's this small thing. And God's wanting us to recognise His voice. Are you with me today? So that, that when we hear it, we can obey it. And I want to I just encourage you, whether the obedience is big or small, whether it's painful or not, whether it's something that causes you fear and anxiety, and, and even if it's a thing that doesn't make sense to you at the time, would you just obey God's voice in your life? Would you just... Obey His voice in your life. So I believe that vision is built one small step of obedience at a time. So how is this vision going to be built for our church? By us being obedient to the call that God's given us. By saying yes to the thing that God's put in front of us. How is vision going to be built in your life? It's by saying yes to God in the small moments, in everything and say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. And the third point I want to bring. So obedience is a step-by-step journey. Obedience is not biased. And, ver- and, and the third point is that obedience brings visitation. Because in verses 7, after Abram had, had obeyed and travelled, and it says, travelling through, in verses 6, travelling through Canaan, they came to a place near Sheshem and set up camp beside the oak at Morah. And at the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. And in verse 7, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That on the other side of Abram's obedience was a visitation with the Lord. So on the other side of of your obedience to what God's saying to you, God promises to meet you with His presence in your life, to encourage you, to, to let you know that you're on the right track. God loves it when His people obey His voice. God loves it when people will follow what He's calling them to do. In Psalm 25 verses 14, it says, The Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. He teaches them His covenant. In other translations, it talks about how friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear Him. So there is an area of closeness that God wants to bring you to with Himself that can only be gotten to via obedience in our life. That doesn't mean that if in our life we do the wrong thing, that God doesn't love us. That does not mean that. See, we approach God by faith in His grace. We say, God, we cannot on our own. Would you help us? And He gives you grace. And you're forgiven for your sins and you walk in, in, in being a new, in the newness of Christ. But in that, then there is this, this journey of hearing the voice of God and obeying what He's asking you to do. And closeness with God is is 
is brought more and more into our life as we learn to hear God's voice and we learn to obey it. John 15 says it this way. Jesus talks about um, what obedience does in our life. John 15 verses 9, it says, I have loved you even as, my, as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in His love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So Jesus says obedience is key in the Christian life. And and I think sometimes, possibly, we could think, the, the word obey might come harsh in, in our society. And you might get, when you hear that, you might feel, well, God's, you know, this is a bit controlling and I won't get to do the things that I want to do and my life will just be miserable if I obey what God has asked me to do. But Jesus actually wants us to know quite the opposite is true. On the other side of obedience is the presence of God, the visitation of His presence, and it's the joy that comes from relationship with God. God wants your life to overflow with joy. That's what Jesus says. He says, I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So as we obey God in every area of our life and we remain in Him, your life doesn't become less joyful It becomes overflowing with joy. So God wants to build vision in your life through the path of obedience, but that doesn't mean that path is a a boring path. That doesn't mean that path is a path filled with with dryness. We need to flip that up on on its head. And, And because the world thinks it's figured out the path to enlightenment or to joy or to happiness is to to do what feels good and to do what's right in the moment or to go where the the good times are going. But Jesus says the pathway to get everything you want in your life is in me. It's through me. So would you just remain in me, remain in my love? Can you believe that God loves you, that He wants you to remain in His love? God wants to lead us along this path of obedience. And may I just say, that the land that God brought Abram to was not a land empty and ready for, the te- for just moving in. It wasn't like a new house that you could just move into. There were people in the land. There was tribes of people that were not just going to let Abram say, this is my land. That meant there was a battle ahead. There was fights ahead. There was struggle ahead. So our vision, just because God says, listen, I want to take you here and, and, and make you into a great nation. Maybe God's saying, I want to, I want to build a church in you. I want, to, I want you to plant a church or I want you to be a, somebody that I could use in a, in a missionary context. Or I want to raise you up to start a business and become a, a business person so that you could bless. Whatever it is, doesn't mean just because God said it to you doesn't mean it's going to be easy in your life. Are you with me? There's going to be battles, there's going to be struggles, and that's a part of it. But as you, I want you to know that God is with you every step of the way, every step of the way. And you might be in a place where you feel like your vision for your life has been challenged 
and it has been maybe, and you're questioning whether it still exists. And, and can that picture that God showed us when we were young, can it, still, can it still live? And God wants you to hear that, yes, it can still live. Yes, the dream can still live. Yes, your vision can still be built because I am with you. I am building it. I will go with you. All I want you to do, God says, is would you just believe in me and would you obey what I ask you to do? Come on. God's building that in your life. I, I just get a sense that, some people, the cry in your heart is to live in, in a house that you own and, and you might feel that that's impossible. But maybe God just wants you to, to just go there with Him in a place of faith and just go, all right, God, you can do this. And maybe He just gives you a small step of obedience and whatever it is, would you just obey that? God can resurrect. God can cancel debt. God can open doors of favour. Come on. God can lead you. And it's like, man, when God's with you, you are highly favoured. You're highly favoured. I'm just using this thing because I think there's people here today that, that feel that they're never going to be in their own house. And God just wants to say, He can make a way. God will make a way. And that might just be one example of the battle you're facing. The vision that you feel is contested. But would you just start to believe again, whatever that is for you? And I want to invite you as a part of this church, would you start to, to be a faith holder of what God is wanting to build in this community, in this faith community, in C3 Joondala? We pray that God would fill this place over and over and over so people could find Him and follow Him. We pray that the doors of this place would be open so that every day of the week people can come in, connect with a community of supportive people. They could get food if they need food. They could get support if they need support. We, would you believe with me that, that we would have a youth ministry that is so uh, far-reaching and so influencing that the high schools would be wanting to partner with us and, and it would, we could just go on and on. That the kids' ministry, like kids would be dragging parents to church. We want, we want our kids' ministry to be so good and so engaging that the kids are saying, you need to take me to church right now, right now. And the parents, just out of obligation, would say, okay. And then through that, God would touch a family. And you might look right now into our kids' room and go, how? Can we just leave the how with God? And can we just obey the first step that he's asked us to do? And maybe that first step is by being a partner in Vision Builders. Maybe it's about volunteering in kids. Whatever it is, would you just hear what God's saying to you? Are you with me today, church? I hope so. I hope so. So the fourth point, so we've talked about obedience is not biased. I know we talked about obedience is a step-by-step -step journey. It's not biased. Obedience brings visitation, the presence of God. And, and the point number four is that obedience brings clarity in your life. Because in verses seven, Abraham, the Lord appeared to Abram. He says, this is the land that I will give you. So if you're going in your life and through your life, not knowing what the next step is, would you just keep obeying him? Would you keep connecting with him? Keep having time in his presence and it will bring, God will bring clarity to your life. 
And Jesus is our perfect example of obedience. Is that, and, and we could read it, but we won't go there now. But in Philippians 2, it says that Jesus was obedient to the point of death, is that He humbled Himself. He removed Himself from the place of divine uh, authority and, and that, that, that place in heaven. And He humbled Himself and became just like a man and obeyed the Father all the way to the cross so that we could connect and we could have relationship with God. Imagine if Jesus says, uh-uh, God, you've got a vision for humanity, but I'm not willing to do what you've asked me to do. Jesus says, I am willing, and He obeyed. On the other side of that obedience is the salvation for our lives. We couldn't be here if Jesus didn't take that step down. So really practically, how in our lives can we be people that are God obeyers? And really simply, would you position yourself every day to hear what God is saying? We position ourselves, and Paul, you can play some music. We position ourselves um, by spending time with God. Whether it's just time reading the Word, whether it's time praying, whether it's time worshipping. Maybe it's, it's time where you think, okay, God, I'm going to put on a sermon and would you speak to me? And guess what, man? God will just open the floodgates of heaven and download wisdom into your life. God is able to talk to you. God is able to lead you and direct you. Would you just position yourself? Would you make a fresh commitment in your life to say, God, I am positioning myself to hear from you. Would you do that? And then would you surrender control of your life? Because at the end of the day, it's actually not your life. It's God's life. And when we sign up to be a Jesus follower, that's what we become. Not a Jesus second follower after I follow what I want to do. Not a Jesus I'll consult with you and check my schedule. (laughs) Not a Jesus I'll be right back and we'll talk later follower. But a Jesus follower. Somebody that would surrender the, the outcome and the path of their life to what Jesus has called them to do. Would you just surrender your life every day? Bring it to God and say, God, this is not my life, but your life. Paul says, is this, Paul says it this way in Galatians. He says, it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Would you begin to feel that come out of your life? A surrender to God that says, it's not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. Not my life, but your life. I surrender to you. And then third, very simply, would you obey? That which God has called you to do. Maybe it's a thought pattern that God's wanting you to fix by taking what He says over what you say. Maybe it's a habit that he, got, he wants you to break. Maybe it's a habit that He wants you to form. Maybe it's a person that you need to say, I'm sorry. To. Ooh, touched on something there. Come on now. Let's be practical. What is it that God is asking you to do? Get alone with God. Hear from Him and do that. I wanted to just share a story with you about, about this about obeying God's voice and how sometimes it, it's hard to hear. About a few years ago, I was in a cafe and I was talking with my pastor at the time and I noticed somebody at the back behind us, it was a lady, and I just got a sense that I needed to say Jesus loves you to her. 
And it was like this, this thing that was like, I, have you, has anybody ever had that sense, that, that voice? And, and guess what your pastor did? He ignored it. I didn't do it. My heart was racing and I knew it was what I needed to do. I didn't do it. I was scared. I was like, what? She's going to think I'm some crazy person. And I walked out of there and I had a deep sense of loss and, and I, had to, I had to repent and I had to say sorry. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. And I carried that with me for a while. And it was weird because stuff like that doesn't happen with me a lot. So it was weird. So, and now I want to just share a story. I was at the beach with my family on Tuesday last week and we we're ending the day. And, we, and, you know, it was a lovely day. We're having fun. I was watching Miles run around and Maggie roll in the sand. She was like a crumb sausage. And, and it was a lovely time. And I just noticed on the side behind us, there was this young man sitting by himself, enjoying the beach. He'd go down the water, come back. And, and then I had that feeling again. And I felt like God wanted me to say to that guy that Jesus loves him. And here we are again. This is now three years between that cafe incident that we talked about and I said okay God if you if, if something happens because I'm not sure hey I'm your pastor and sometimes I'm not sure is that God or is that me like that I'll just be real with you so I was like talking with God and I was like uh, uh, if something happens and I feel and, 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 and it just you know where the miles goes over and says hello I'm going to say it and nothing happened and, and, and so we walked we're about to leave, so we leave and we walk past and I'm like, okay, if Miles stops here and talks to this guy, then I know I gotta say hello. Anyway, it didn't happen. We walk past and then we're now by the pathway that you get to the, the road and the beach. You know, it's a little pathway. And then I notice when we're there that he's starting to, the guy's starting to follow us now. He, he's leaving the beach. So I thought, okay, I'm hard of hearing. So anyway, so he comes, comes past and I say, hey, how you going? And he said, good, how are you? And then I didn't say anything and he kept walking. I thought, oh, that's not how I thought it was meant to go. Anyway, we walked. This is a tragic story until it's not. Um, we got to the car. Oh, actually, as he walked past and I said, hello, how are you going? He, it seemed like he got stuck in the sand. He was mucking with his, his, um, his sandals and he stood there for about 10 seconds. And I'm like, mm, uh, and I still didn't do it. I'm thinking, how silly could you be? Anyway, we get to the car and guess what? His car's about two bays next to us. And as I'm loading Miles up, he's just standing by his car door looking at his phone. I thought, okay, God, I get it. I get it. I'm trying to see if he's here. Um, and so then I go and I say, excuse me. And I have to say it a couple of times because he's listening to something on his phone. I said, sorry to bother you. Uh, I'm a Christian and I just felt like I needed to say that Jesus loves you. And the look on his face made me think that maybe he was already a Christian. So I said, are you a believer? And he says, funny that, I've just went to church for the first time in a long time this Sunday. And he, he said, it would, what you said to me was sort of like a confirmation. I was like, man, that's God confirming to you that He loves you. I got to exchange names with Him. And I said, man, I'm going to be praying for you. Got to tell Him that we, we run a church in Joondalup. And he says, oh yeah, C3 Joondalup, I know it. And so 
I told that really long story just to just to emphasize the point is that obedience, even though sometimes you're not sure how it's gonna go or how it's gonna look, is that would you just just be faithful to what God's called you to do because you don't know who who that person is or what they're going through that, that is on the other end of that. So I'm praying for that guy. His name is Charles. One day I wanna see him. And Charles, if you're here, I don't know, you're not here, but we're praying for Charles to come. But would you just follow that in your life? Whatever He's called you to do, would you just obey? In Jesus' Name. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for...